You are Locked On Wizards, your daily Washington Wizards podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Did you call Hello and welcome to a, another edition of the Locked On Wizards podcast. Ben Standig here uh, coming to you after that game three. That was that that ultimately start to finish was about as ugly as the weather in D.C. this, this evening. Rainy, gloomy, n- no shot at sunny. It was ugly and not much you can say about that other than it's only one game and the Wizards still have a two to one series lead. But before we move ahead to game four, we're going to talk about what the hell happened in game three. To help me with that, the guy you got you guys know from the truthaboutit.net team, uh, Mr. Rashad Mobley. Rashad, oh Lord, what the hell? By the way, I, should I tell people that we're, we're, we're uh, we we went out to watch it out with some people, uh, some people, other other folks joined us. Um, I, I late in the day said uh, we're going to go out to watch it. Some people showed up, but because we where we were was a little crowded, we were literally doing this in my car. Should I tell people that or no? Yeah, we're in a clean car. Well, that that is the nicest thing you've ever said to me. That it, my car is clean. Some of my friends won't believe you. Um, we're going to go through this, Rashad, in a who, what, where, when, why situation in a second. But I guess just what, what, where, 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 where are you at after watching just what the hell we just saw? The Wizards really never had a chance. If I didn't already say it, they lost. What was the final score? One sixteen ninety eight, and it was that close. It was that. I don't know if it was that close. I mean, it really never felt like they had a shot. It's a little disappointing because at the end of game two, the Wizards had so much bravado and they were talking so much trash. And you'd like to think that some of that would have carried over into game three. And it's as if they just woke up the bear. They had none of that energy. They played with no fire. I think uh, someone tweeted that they feed off the energy of Wall and Bill. And initially they had none. And you looked up, it was 13-2. to two, And I think it was 33-13. to 13, And there was just no energy no fire and you're just not used to seeing especially of late you're not used to seeing the team play that badly this was like the two and eight wizards not the wizards that have been on that run so it was disappointing if i'm a coach in the locker room i'm saying they're going to come out with a lot of fire just withstand the initial momentum and then we'll get it together and that just never happened they it, they never closed the gap now uh, never, never did. All right, before we go too deep, let me do the some of the basic deals. Of course, again, it's the Locked on Wizards podcast. You can find all of our podcasts on iTunes. We now have Stitcher. I, I'm always curious. I should ask more. What, what, what platform do you use? I. That's a good question. Oh, I go through iTunes. Got it. All right. Well, that's that's the standard one that most people seem to use. But should all, all the ones should be out there. If you subscribe, you won't miss any. Uh, these are coming daily, as they always are. We're trying to do multiple ones some days depending on who I can get access to and all that good stuff. Uh, you want to hit us up on Twitter, at LockedOnWizards, at BadStandig, and it is at Rashad20. That's right. Damn. Look at that. I, I almost never remember anybody's Twitter handle because it's like phone numbers. It just pops up. I don't actually know what it is, <laughs> but I'm glad I got I'm glad I got that one. Um, all right. So, so and, and uh, game four Monday, of course, uh, what is it, 8 o'clock, I think, uh, tip time? Yeah, it's a quick turnaround. And by the way, it, it, since there is a Game 5, there is a chance the Game 5 could tip at 6 p.m. on a Wednesday. 
I have no idea how that's going to work. That could be a complete disadvantage for the Wizards from a home crowd standpoint, but we'll, we'll, we'll get to that one later on. Let's, uh, we're, everybody wants to get this game out of their mind, but from the moment, let's, let's dive back in, live through this a little bit here. Just some of the basics. Uh, you mentioned I, the only good tweet I think I had today was right before tip-off, I said, will the Wizards have another good start? Or will the Hawks, fueled by being back at home, get off to an eight to ten point lead quickly? I'm gonna, and I said I think the latter. Before three minutes in, they were down thirteen to two, and they never caught back up. I, I guess it was back to single digits, maybe for a minute. I mean, what, what, when was? I don't. I think the closest it got was eleven points in the fourth. I, I don't. I don't think they saw a single digits. Yeah, I mean, it was crazy. I mean, it got up to thirty-eight thirteen in the in the first quarter. And then Wall had a spectacular 7-0 run to close the period. He had a great dunk behind the back, thunder dunk. Hit a crazy three-pointer in the quarter to end the quarter. And you're thinking, okay, yeah, they're still getting blown out. It's now 18, but uh, that's the type of thing that's going to get some momentum. Nope, never happened. And then another point, um, a couple other points. They would get it down late. The bench in the fourth quarter, led by Brandon Jennings, got it down to 12. And then Atlanta goes on a 9-0 run. Basically... Uh, Put the game away. So let me uh, hold on. I, I wrote down a, these questions here. Very, very fancy. Okay, here we go. So let's go through this. Who, what, where, when, why? We'll start with what. What the hell happened? I mean, we literally spent the entire game saying if they get it down to ten, if they get it down to this, that's no way to be in a playoff game. I mean, I I've been watching the Indiana Cleveland series and. Cleveland always, no matter how bad they're playing, they stay within striking distance and then they overtake Indiana. And they do that mainly because of LeBron, but there's some timely shooting that happens. There was no timely shooting. I mean, there was there was just nothing. Wall played well, but as I was just mentioning to you, defensively he left much to be desired, and his man was the catalyst for the Hawks team. Nobody else, it's not like Atlanta was playing, you know, 85 Bears defense. Nobody was making any shots. Bogdanovich wasn't making any. Bill wasn't making any shots. Markeith wasn't making any. And it was just, it, it just got away from him. And you just, again, I'll go back to when you talk as much trash as they were talking at the end of game two, and you play with that bravado and you're saying it's my house, you have to come out on the road and play with that same energy. And it just, it was very clear very early they had none of that. So, yeah, just looking at some of the stats here. So, John Wall, 29 points. He had 14 in the first quarter. Um, An efficient 29 points. What, what did he what was 10 his? of 12. Wow, 10 of 12. Yeah, no, I mean, it, this was you can't pin this on him. You mentioned his defense, and Dennis Schroeder had 27 for Atlanta. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the Wall did his job for the most part. Everybody else, not so much. Brandon Jennings next in scoring with 13. Bradley Beal only at 12, 6 of 20. From the field in these first two games, he kind of struggled in the first half, picked it up as the game went along. This time, like the rest of the team, there was no get back. Um, you mentioned the the, the, the shooting. Uh, yeah, I, I'm with you. It felt like they had open shots, and it just um, so many times like the, that, the, that next shot would have gotten it down to ten, or at least would have made that run go from six zero to nine zero. And now you know you got something going, and it just could never get that shot. I said uh, on the last podcast I did before this, I, I had like three keys to the game. Mm-hmm. Turnover battle. These are two of the better teams in the league ge- generating turnovers, but the Wizards dominated the turnover battle both games. Today, they have 15. Atlanta had 11. Three-point shooting. Both teams have been shooting lousy from three. Somebody was bound to get a, a, a good game. 
I wouldn't say 36% from the field is great, but compared to the Wizards, 24%, Atlanta's 36 looked really good. And then fouls. The Wizards, obviously, we know how bad the foul trouble was. 28 fouls today, 17 for Atlanta. Jason Smith fouls out in eight minutes. And uh, Oubre had to miss some moments with foul trouble. So the three keys to the game, I thought, all went the way of Atlanta, as did everything else. And I'll add one more key is assists. They had five assists at the end of the first half. John Wall was not getting those usual pocket passes to Gortat or the alley-oops to Marquise Morris. He, he wasn't getting any easy, easy shots for any of his teammates, and he was just left to his own devices. So, I mean, you'd like most John Wall averaging 11 assists the first two games, uh, uh, somewhere around there. He had seven tonight and only five total for the team in the first half. So that team ball wasn't there. A couple times you had teammates kind of surprised they have the ball with the shot clock going down. They kind of pushed the shot. So there was just no cohesiveness with the offense. All right, let's go to the when, as in when did you specifically get the most annoyed? Brandon Jennings had his little run at the beginning of the fourth quarter, and the Wizards cut it to 12, I believe. And then the Hawks went on a run. And it was like eight minutes to go. Like, it wasn't 12, like a minute to go. It was like 12 to 8 to go. Right. And, and, you know, the starters hadn't even come back yet. yet. They had some momentum. We were all kind of like, oh, okay, maybe they could eat that one more thing. And we were wondering, like, how long is Jennings going to come in? And Bill came in. Jennings was in. I think the lead went up to 15. And then Wall came back in the game. And then the Wizards went scoreless for three minutes. And it went from 93 to 81 to 102 to 81. And that was the game. And... As I said before, we just kept waiting, okay, if they get it down to this, and if they get it down to that, then they actually did it. They got it down to 12, and I'd excited. I, I stood up. You know, everybody in the bar seemed to perk up. It's like, okay, this this is it. And then you look up, and they were just down 20. It was just like the beginning of the game. They were getting easy baskets. Millsap looked like Carl Malone, and, and that was it. And you just felt like it's just not in the cards. If you get it down to 12, and there are eight minutes left in the half, you have plenty of time for a run. And it didn't happen. That that was that was maddening. It was. I'm trying to think. When did I get most annoyed? I mean, like everything. I, it, it's almost hard for me to pick any one spot because there was just like on a on like a, a graph. It was just one straight level of annoyance. Almost there wasn't other than some moments of wall. There really just was not any like up parts to then say, oh, if things are going down. I mean. Uh, I'll save my what's annoyed for something that we'll get to in a second. But, yeah, I mean, it was just the fact that, right, that they – it's one thing to lose. Look, I, did I think the Wizards were going to sweep them? No. I figured Atlanta would get one of these two games at least and come home. So the fact that Atlanta won is, is no big deal. I mean, look that the Wizards lost. We'll get to sort of what, what what this means for the series now going forward in a minute. But So you figure they were going to lose. Even losing – by double digits to some degree doesn't bother me that much because whatever, but they, they, that they just never could kick it in. I had, I, I, one of the things I've been harping on the last few days was after the wizards won the second game, somebody said to me, do you think the wizards, wizards are playing as well as any team in the East right now? And I'm like, uh, I don't know about that. I don't know how good Atlanta is, you know, so it's hard to compare. And I didn't think the wizards had played that great in these first two games. Wall Beal had done, had scored a lot. But, you know, their, their, their shooting hasn't been that great. Their foul trouble has been a problem. The, and, and all these things continue. And today, that the, the issue was that they didn't have that Markeith Morris in Game 1 or Beal in Game 2 who helped score with Wall. Right. So the bad stuff was still bad. The turnovers went up. The, shoot, the scoring went down. So, yeah, I mean, the Wizards have not been too, too sharp yet. But, again, they're still winning the series. We can't, can't, overlook, can't overlook that aspect of the uh, – 
of the whole thing. And if there's a silver lining, I mean, Milwaukee blew out Toronto uh, by, I don't even remember how much it was. And now Indiana, I think it was 816 points, I think. Right, right. And Indiana is up 2-1. So, I mean, one one game does not a series make. There's no need to panic. It's just you, you just did not expect this kind of effort from the Wizards on, on the road. Hey, a quick word here from our sponsor, SeatGeek. Buying tickets online for sports and concerts has been a confusing process for a long time. It's always been hard to find the best deal for that game or show you want to go to, and none of those older ticket sites want to change that. But SeatGeek is different. They've come along and created an amazing app and website that makes it easier than ever for fans to buy and sell tickets. I just went looking for you two tickets recently uh and SeatGeek I've got the SeatGeek app on my phone and everything about SeatGeek is designed to make life easier for sports and music fans SeatGeek does all the price comparison for you by searching multiple ticket sites and ensuring that you get the best possible deal SeatGeek does all the work and you save time and money and SeatGeek wants to help you get the most bang for your buck that's why every ticket on SeatGeek is given a grade based on value. You'll immediately see any underpriced seats and be able to find the best deals that fit your budget. Best of all, my listeners get a $20 rebate off their first SeatGeek purchase. Here's how you do it. You go, you download the SeatGeek app. Go to the settings tab and click add a promo code. Enter the promo code LOWIZARDS. SeatGeek will send you $20 after you... After you've made your first ticket purchase, download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code LOWIZARDS today. All right, back to the podcast. All right, number or the third one, sticking with the, uh, the, the five W's. Where is your level of concern with Otto Porter? Now, this has two levels at this point. One, we're not going to know, but Otto Porter left the game with, uh, as we're sitting here, I'm not a 1,000% sure. At one point, they said a strained neck. Then there was something maybe with his shoulder more. Either way, Otto Porter left the game with, with an injury. And I guess we'll find out uh, maybe by the time this podcast is over if we know any more. So there's that aspect of it all. If he can't play or something or he's limited, then that's a whole other problem. But when it comes to his uh, shooting, and maybe you can pull this up on your, on your phone because I didn't look to see exactly what he shot. But, you know, it has been a minute now since Otto Porter has been on a run with his three-point shooting. I mean, we already know he, you know, he did finish – fourth in the year in the league this year in in three-point shooting but in the second half of the year he was like under 35 percent he's not been a factor from deep at all so far um in, in this series i asked I, I talked about yesterday on the podcast about this and you know having asked scott brooks sort of about you know, wh- where he's at with Otto, and he said on the one hand he like he still likes Otto's activity but what he said which is pretty obvious now teams are taking Otto away they are And I think this is maybe an interesting point to this series that I'll sort of come back to in a second. But basically teams are saying, look, we know John Wall is going to penetrate and then he's going to try to kick it out. We're not going to let him do that. We're going to take Otto Porter off the table here. Brooks said he doesn't mind that because that means other guys are going to get open. And there were other guys who were open today. They just didn't make any shots either. But it's been a while now since Otto Porter has been on a run. I don't know if these back spasms he had before or the hip injury is, is, is causing it. But it's a problem, and when you consider if you, the three-point shooters on this team, Beal, Otto Porter, Bogdanovich, Jason Smith, I don't want to say Marquise Morris is a three-point shooter, but he's been effective most of the year. Well, now Porter's irrelevant. Bogdanovich has been quiet as well. Um, 
and Jason Smith is sort of, and Morris to me are sort of like gravy. That's a problem. If they, it, Otto Porter's got to get going from three. They got to figure out ways to get him better looks, or at least just get him into some rhythm. Um, again, injury aside. Well, he shot three for seven, so that wasn't bad. But he just, and we talked about it. He may be hurt. He just doesn't look right. It, it reminds me of last year when Bryce Harper had the great start and tailed off towards the end. Everybody speculated, was he hurt? Is he in a slump? Otto just doesn't look competent. How many minutes did he play? He played twenty-four minutes. So okay, so he and he and he left. I think in the third quarter. I want to say right. So yeah. uh, so so he's, he would have gone over thirty, uh, presumably. I mean, the seven attempts is, is also the thing. I mean, Scott Brooks is one of the, you know throughout the year he would say I don't need to get more more shots, more shots. So seven attempts total. He should be taking like four or five or six threes a game, if you know maybe more than that even. Let <laughs> alone seven shots total. Um, and I feel like when. You know, when they almost beat Cleveland that time and everyone kind of realized that the Wizards are contenders, it was because it wasn't just Wall and Bill. It was you have to contend with Morris. You have to contend with Porter and, to a lesser extent, Gortat. And on a night like tonight, if even all the players put together just put half of an effort, you would have won this game or at least been in the game. But particularly with Porter, he just didn't look aggressive. He had a couple of open shots and just kind of it looked like he was guiding them, not shooting. And, you know, I... I, I think he's hurt even before the injury today. I think he's hurt. He just looks hesitant, and it's 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 kind of disappointing because, as you mentioned, those first two games in Washington, yes, the Wizards won, but they were bailed out by Bradley Bill uh, in the second half of each game, and Bill didn't have it this game. It would have been nice to see Porter or Morris or someone come through. So, you know, maybe we'll learn more about his injury or something like that, but right now it just is not, it's not the same auto. No, it's not the same auto. And uh, you know, I made a I made a, a, a Marcus Norton reference on Twitter today that uh, seemed to uh, to uh, get people all hot and bothered, and understandably so. If you didn't get, I was sort of half kidding, but also trying to make a point that uh, when the Wizards couldn't score, they needed a guy who's got that sort of scorer's mentality. Uh, Brandon Jennings has that too, and that's why he was effective for them later in the game or why he was helpful because he's not afraid no matter what the score is he thinks he can get it done the problem is with those guys is when they're winning or the game is tight they also think that and you want the ball with somebody else but anyway all right bill simmons calls it the irrational confidence guy but you need a professional scorer someone who can come in and just get hot get you 10 to 15 points in a a small period of time and that they could have used that tonight so i I support you with the market. <laughs> but the reason I bring that up now is that there were several reasons why I didn't like that move. Uh, in, uh, lots of reasons. But one of them was they had it set up where essentially Marcus Thornton was the backup to, to Beal. But also, he, you know, he, he wasn't big enough to play a three. So that meant that in the event that something happened to Otto Porter, he stunk, got hurt, whatever, that the only three they had at that point was an inconsistent Kelly Oubre. Look, Ubre, I know everybody's sort of happy with what they've seen out of him for the last 10 or 15 games, but over the course of 82 games, as Todd Dibas likes to point out, no. I mean, he, he give him credit, he's still young, he's 21, uh, you know, he's got all all these tools, athletic as hell, all that, but his basketball instincts still need a lot of work. His three-point shot needs a ton of work. He, he uh, your, your guy Kyle made a quote uh, or a tweet today, something to the effect of, or Kyle Weed I, uh, with truth about it, something about that Ubre's uh, per se, like his his percentage of effectiveness on his drives to the basket must be as low as anybody's because he drives in with all this ambition, but the success rate is bad. So I say all this because with Otto now, 
either hurt or at least in a slump, what do they do? They do have Boyan Bogdanovich. I get that they've gone out and done that, right. but that's been after the fact. I'm just going back to sort of they set themselves up in the beginning of the year in this one particular move. If instead of Marcus Thornton, you had gone out and gotten a swingman, a veteran swingman, somebody you could count on, the the in theory what Allen Anderson was supposed to have done last year before he got hurt, right. uh that was missing, and that was, I think, sort of evident tonight when Otto goes out and Ubre is sort of wild that they didn't have somebody. Again, Bogdan and Bogdanovich had 11 points. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to need to see the game again to think what he really did. I didn't get a sense that he was having any particularly no, they, they, Those weren't impactful points. No. <laughs> right, right. And the thing about you mentioned Ubre, literally one of your friends was talking. He came down, hit a shot, and he was like, that's the guy that's going get to get us back in the game. And literally the next time down the court, he got beat for a backdoor. So, I mean, that's that's Oubre in a nutshell. He's engaged. He wants to do the right thing. But on offense, he's tentative. And on defense, his IQ is just not where it needs to be. Ironically enough, he'll probably end up starting if Otto can't go. So, you know, maybe he'll he'll step up and rise to the occasion. But you're right. We, we could use a oh, – I said we. The Wizards could use <laughs> just someone in there just kind of steady the ship. And Marcus Thornton, for all his flaws, he was that guy. He could be that guy. Who, Thornton? Thornton. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. let's just be clear. Thornton needed to... Uh, I mean, he's not the savior, but, I mean... Well, it's more to the point of that, that type of guy. What I he mean, represents. It could have yeah. been a Jordan Crawford. Could be could have been Brandon Jennings. I'm saying they needed somebody to come in who could score and that. But the the other point is, I always just like, when you make the roster, I'm I'm a, I'm a planner. Right. Sort of. What happens if, if XYZ happens? And they put themselves in a position where Votto, Porter, or Beal on some level got hurt... The, the first guy to go in for both of them was going to be Ubre, then Thornton. They do now have Bogdanovich, so they don't have to go that route. But Bogdanovich also defensively is not so hot. Ubre is better there. And they still don't buy the backup to Beal doesn't exist. Right. And even offensively, Bogdanovich hasn't given you anything significant as he did when he, you know, the first couple of weeks. And I think, again, that, that not to keep belaboring on this one section, but that goes back to this. I, I Another thing that on Twitter people gave me crap for a few weeks ago was there was a point where Wall had. 30-something points in a game, and they lost. I can't remember which game it was. But if you look at the stats, uh, I will try to maybe mention this specifically in the next podcast. For the most part, the Wizards record when Wall scores 30 or more is not that great. Why? Because they're not designed that way. This, is, he's not, this isn't designed like a Russell Westbrook team or a Damian Lillard team. They're designed with ball movement. That's, what he, what, that's the plan. So if John Wall's scoring a ton, it probably means the ball movement isn't as good. You already mentioned the assists. He's now led the team in scoring about three straight games. Um, of course, they are still winning the series, but it's a sign, I think, of how defenses are playing the Wizards. They're going to let John Wall on some level. They don't mind if John Wall scores a lot. It means other guys aren't getting involved. When the Wizards were killing it for those two months when they were as good as anybody, including Golden State, all five guys on offense were scoring a lot of points, and that is how they need. That is how they win. And to your point, even with Oklahoma City, even though they're set up for Russ to dominate, when they won last night, he was playing more wall-like. He was he made a concerted effort to get everybody involved, and they looked a lot better. So he, there, there's something to be said for, yes, you can score 30, 40 points, but do you want to get everybody involved? It's just better for the team, particularly in the playoffs when defenses are good enough to key on one person. So I, I agree there. But, I, you know, even tonight, Wall was a scorer for a limited period of time. He was not a facilitator. All right, who is your player of the game? I'll, uh, I don't know if I'm, uh, I'll give you the layup uh, uh, or not, but I'll just say, I don't think I've really mentioned him yet, Paul Millsap, 29 and 14, 
for Atlanta. I, I said before the series started, if Paul Millsap is the best player in the series, the Wizards will lose. Arguably, he or you know, maybe once it's Schroeder, I was the best player in the game. I can't say it was Wall. They not only did they lose, they got destroyed. Right. So I'm not going to say anybody in the Wizards. But Millsap, 29 and 14. Uh, you know, he's he's a force. He fouled Jason Smith that. I don't know if all he picked up all six fouls on Smith, but it seems like he got a few. Um, you know, he's a he's a, he's been a Wizards killer over the years. The Markeith Morris edition. I've said this now a few times. If there was any one specific player they got Marquise Morris to deal with, I think it was Millsap. If, if they act, if, it, if they thought in those terms, he's done a good job for the most part. But twenty nine and fourteen for Millsap. I mean, he he's you know, like I said, if he's the best player in in the game or the series, then the, the Wizards are probably in trouble. And he was, I think, today. I'll say. I mean, even though they lost, I'll say Jennings. I I, I appreciate the effort he had in into the third, beginning of the fourth, getting the Wizards back in the game for the consec- second consecutive game because he also did that in game two. That resulted in a victory. He he was instant offense. I think he accounted for 12, the first 12 points in the fourth quarter, and there's something to be said for that. That's what you want your bench to do. But I'll give it to Schroeder because I swear every other piece I read on the Internet was Wall doesn't like Schroeder. Wall's getting the best of Schroeder, tweeting pictures from the last time they played when he and Bazemore were making fun of Wall. And he had to eat it pretty much in the first two games. And for him to come out in this game and basically – Torch Wall, even though Wall did what he did on the offensive end, that that takes uh, Cajones. So I, I'll, he's my player of the game. Millsap has been consistent, but Schroeder has not. And for him to do that on his home floor against a player who had torched him so much, that 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 shows a lot of a lot of character. You know, it's funny. I Wall has been over the three games. I guess he would still probably say he's been the best player in the series. Right. Schroeder's been pretty good though. I mean, mm-hmm. and a lot of his production has come when he's gone up against the second unit, Brandon Jennings. Struggles to guard a lot of people. Uh, Schroeder's taking advantage of, but he's scored. I mean, he's been getting points. He again, twenty-seven again today. He's not, you know. So he he's actually been playing, at least on the offensive end, but been, been putting up some fairly decent stats. He's just being overshadowed because Wall, you know, again, if today was the worst game he had, he had twenty-nine points, and was clearly the Wizards' best player. So he so he's been he's been pretty decent, to uh, to say the least. All right, last one. What, this is the why question. Here we go. Why is your panic level at blank? My panic level is low right well, now. Let's go one to ten. One, it's at a two. Okay. Um, it will jump from two to ten if after the first five <laughs> minutes of game four, we see the same type of effort that we saw at, after the first quarter. So it's low because I fully expect things to be a little tighter in game four. I think that Wall and Scott Brooks will talk to their teammates and say, look, this can't happen. I need more energy. Somebody from the bench will, I mean, somebody from the starting five will, as we almost got hit by another car here, um, somebody from the starting five will step up, whether it'll be Wall saying, let's get Gortat started. I fully expect them to make some adjustments. So my panic level is at a two right now. By the way, can, can we do a citizen's arrest? Uh, uh, maybe this is like a, a takeout taxi situation because they're literally parking where it says not to park right in front of us. We're good, they're not. But I think it's like a takeout taxi deal. Is that the deal? And I deserve some credit for not interrupting my sentence as we were about to get hit. I was going to literally talk until we got in an accident. Oh, no. I was all ready to be like, wow, this is going to be this would be the kind of thing I get like Steinberg to uh, blog about us doing a podcast while somebody bangs my car. But I'm, I'm not I'm not panicked yet because this, this happens. This, these are the playoffs. Atlanta is good. And that first game, they're riding the wave of their home crowd. 
But again, if game four on Monday comes and I go to get a drink and I look up and they're down 13 to two again, then you have to panic. But right now it's, it's relatively low. They played an absolutely terrible game up until very late in the game. No one else scored in double figures except for Wall. I consider that an anomaly. So I'm at two. I'll go 3.6. 3.6 because and one that it's still yeah it's still not. Two, I think the two is sort of where you're at. I mean, look at the end of the day, they still have the series lead. Human nature, whatever you want to say, it. It's you figured Atlanta was probably due to have a bounce back game. They're back at home. They've been taking you know t- taking their lickings these first two games on the road. Okay. The the, the other point, the, the one point six though is. I still don't feel like the Wizards have played great in this series yet. The, and, and, you know, I, I, like I mentioned those keys before, the, 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 the three-point shooting and the turnovers. Um, turnovers can be interesting. I mean, when you have an up-tempo team like the Wizards do and you also generate a lot of turnovers from the other team typically, you're going to get a lot of possessions and you're going to try. You're being aggressive. Sometimes, like even if, like if Wall has a lot of turnovers, I don't always mind it because he's got the ball in his hand a lot and he's trying to make plays and, you know – He's making a lot of other good stuff. Some bad is, is not the worst thing in the world. But Atlanta is really good at generating turnovers as well, and the Wizards can't afford to lose that mat- battle. They did today, and the other things were still bad. The three-point shooting has not been good, basically, the whole series. And, you know, whether Otto is injured enough to the point where Game 4 is in jeopardy or not, that, that needs to get going here. It's not, And, and also, look... We all sort of on some level want to say, hey, the playoffs start. It's a new season. Yeah, but we know it really isn't. They haven't been that great. They, they were 8-9 and nine for the month before the playoffs started. Um, you know, we all watch these games. It, it wasn't like we were watching the same team from, you know, back in November, December, January, and, and before the All-Star break. Maybe not. Like, from December 1st to the All-Star break, that team was, was hot. That team was cool. That team was the, that team was the shiznit. No, that we haven't seen that team in a while, so that's why I'm going with the three point six in a big in a big picture for the series. It's, it's fine, right? The but the, the other stuff, there's starting to be enough other stuff. If like you said, if they don't look better this next game, then 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 we'll uh, we'll we'll reassess. But yeah. So let me ask you this: How concerned should we be about Bill? Now you asked me about Porter. Bill has not put together that elite level 30 to 40 point scoring game that he's capable of doing and did do during the regular season. He's kind of, well, what he had, we had over 30 last game and he had what, like 15 in the fourth. Right. But so, he has it from that, that big game where he's playing so well, Wall's playing well that at halftime they have a little bit of a cushion. He's not, he hasn't played that game. Yet. Yeah, yeah. So should we, should we be concerned that he hasn't put it together for two, for two halves yet? Um, I, I would say no, only because I mean, for one, Beal has proven to me to be a gamer that's one reason why, even with throughout all the injuries in those early years, he showed me in the playoffs that he was not afraid of these moments. And right. look in game two, the same. You know, again, he had not been shooting well in that fourth quarter in game two. He was, you know, arguably the best player on the court, maybe like, you know, probably Wall. But you know, he was he was doing a lot of great stuff, and that showed a lot. He was definitely his shot has definitely been off. And look, Atlanta's a good defensive team. I mean, this is why I, I sort of been saying like I don't feel like the Wizards have looked that great. Part of it is Atlanta. They do a good job, but no, for the most, I totally get. You know, Beal needs to step up. They, they, it's hard for them to win. I mean, the number one key for me on a base level is Wall Beal better dominate their matchups. Right. If they don't do that, <laughs> then, 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 then what are we talking about? 
So, uh, you know, I, I guess I wouldn't say I'm concerned. But, yeah, I mean, you know, mm-hmm. okay, next game, start earlier. Right. Get going. Right. I mean, the, the Wizards offense has not looked good. By the way, speaking of that, let me ask you this question. One thing was so fun all year watching the Wizards, the out-of-timeout plays, and how often they would get a great look. Whatever the play Scott Brooks seemed to drop, they would get some great look. I, maybe I'm not – maybe I just haven't been focusing on it or thinking about it. I don't recall seeing too many of those types of plays. Not only has that not been there, one time they tried to do the lob to Beal and it was foiled. It's like the Hawks knew it was coming. So it, it hasn't – it has not been there. They haven't been as crisp offensively overall, but that specifically has not been there. And I have to go back to look at every opportunity that they've had, but I, I haven't seen – I just haven't seen that, whereas they always seem to come in timely moments during the regular season. I haven't seen that this time. Right. So that's that's interesting as well. All right. Well, Rashad, uh, it is looking at the clock. It's probably that time to end it. Uh, thank you super much for coming out and for, for doing this. I've been, we've been, I've been wanting to get you on uh, at some point all season. I think you're the... You're, you're, the, you're the third truth about it to be on the podcast, but first in my heart, of course. Thank that, you. Thank that, you. That, that is most important. Thank you. Um, so, yeah, of course, you guys already know, but you know, follow Rashad on Twitter, at Rashad20. Uh, always good stuff on truth about it. Uh, and, uh, you know, follow us at Locked on Wizards, me if you dare, at Ben Standig. And, of course, download the podcast on iTunes or wherever else you do your podcasting. All right, game four Monday. I'll figure out some podcasts for for Sunday into Monday, and uh, we'll see what happens from there. Until next time, see ya. Deal gets open for three. Dagger! Long drive, long bounce shot. Dagger!